warning, the following podcast may contain views and opinions that could be deemed as offensive. You may also hear explicit language, jokes in poor taste, and overall crude humor. Listener discretion is advised. What we've got here is failure to communicate. with these episode number five hard to believe it's been five already yeah especially since we did three of them last of week we, I was yeah say we dropped three hours worth of stuff last week uh i am of course your host d's with me is hunter and we are going to cover quite a few things today um we got some nba bubble news we got talks from nfl and we've got some some displeasure with the nfl players we're going to get into that uh, obviously, got to cover the Redskins drama. Um, also, going to talk about um, Mike and Mike, and Mike Golick, and and that all the drama going on with that. And we are going to debut what will be a semi-regular segment here called "True Stories of a Strip Club DJ." So we'll get into that later. Uh, let's go ahead and fire it off, Hunter. What do you have on the uh, the NBA bubble news? So as we know, all teams are down there in Orlando getting ready to get the season kicked back off here. Um, so there's a lot of stuff going down. Um, there's some players that I've heard have been trying to like somewhat snitch on other players for. Yeah, they've got a hotline, <laughs> like an right. anonymous tip you can call in and, and snitch on somebody. Which, How look, old are we? Right. What are we doing? I mean, come playoff time, I could see, you know, hey, LeBron was, you know. Right. So... Uh, I'm kind of torn on that. I mean, I, I don't think I would. You guys, you're not on the same team, but come on. You're, you're all in this together. Just first off, don't give them a reason to snitch. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And and second off, if you do see some shit, just let it go. Wor- worry about you, you know? So. Exactly. And I mean, but with that being said, um, I mean, that goes all the way down to like the food I'm hearing they're, they're complaining about. Um, I don't know if you heard that Rashawn uh, Holmes of the Kings. I, I I heard that yeah that he violated the bubble or whatever. I didn't hear the details and they are yeah. So now he's now officially in a ten day quarantine um, because like I said, um, food I guess is just not good enough down there. So he took it upon himself to you know get him some DoorDash. So I don't know if someone snitched on him or what, but he's I, now in a ten day quarantine because of that. I guess my question is is how the hell did the door get DoorDash? Did he have to go meet him somewhere? Because I don't think the DoorDash guy could get into the hotel, could he? Right. Imagine being that DoorDasher and getting that call. Like, wait, I get to go inside the NBA right. bubble? Right. Like, what kind of stealth right. skills and, does this guy have? Right. And, and everything we've heard on all the regulations and how strict they are, and well, as they should be. But, yeah, how did that guy even get yeah, there? Yeah, that's pretty wild. I did see, uh, I know Zion Williamson had to leave the bubble and cited a family emergency. I uh, haven't seen any other details that come out as far as what that emergency is, but uh, hopefully everything's okay with him. Um, hopefully he can get back soon because they're starting up here, what, a week or two? Yeah, like a week and a half, I think it is. Yep. Yeah, and, of course, that's when they'll play. Yeah, each team gets about eight games, more like a tune-up. Um, and then Yeah, the basically it's just to, like you said, more or less a tune-up for most teams, but it's basically the play-in games for the, the teams that are on the bubble. Right, yeah. In the bubble and yeah. on the bubble. Which, I guess, I mean, the whole thing that just bothers me with that, and Giannis spoke on a little bit this week, too. It's like, man, you got to think about that. I mean, everyone, we're all going through this same thing. Right. You know, I get it. It sucks. It, you know, you're not able to go to your penthouse that you would have on the road or your your mansion that you would have when you're playing home games but every you know you're still making right. millions if not hundreds of thousands of dollars if you're a, a really low level guy but you know it's a small price to pay look out across America the people that have had to go through far worse you know losing their jobs 
um, being on unemployment, which in some cases I know people are going to say, well, uh, they made more on unemployment. Yes, some people did. Yeah. A lot of people didn't. Right. I have a very close friend of mine that is on the verge of losing his business because of this, and, and things were fine. But because of the impact of this COVID-19, they might not make a comeback. You know, there are a lot of small time, uh, small time, I should say, like bars and restaurants that aren't going to be able to recover. So you're making millions of dollars to right. play a game. Just live with it for a few months, get it out of the out of the way, and hopefully we can all move on. Right. And like I said, I think, yeah, that's exactly what Giannis said. I mean, growing up, like, I guess he had a rough childhood growing up and like he just puts it in perspective. And well, I think yeah, if all I mean, those guys a, would. A lot of those guys, like I said, came yeah. up the same way and. and you know, it, you got to suffer for a few months. So what? Right. Suck it up, play but, ball, and, and stay safe. You know, keep your family safe by going through the protocols. Yeah, and suffer with millions of dollars in your pocket. Right. I think yeah. it'll be okay. Yeah, you're going to get paid regardless. So, Yeah, and of course, uh, still that whole the championship asterisk thing everyone's I've, talking yeah, about. Yeah, you mentioned that earlier. I, look, I don't see it. I mean, you know, so what? You every Like you said, every team has had to play under the same conditions. So there shouldn't really be any asterisks. It's not like one team gets to, you know, stay in a better hotel than the other teams. Exactly. They're, they're not gaining any kind of advantage or disadvantage. They're all under the same roof, same rules. Just shut up and play. Yeah, I told, I totally agree. Yeah, I wasn't sure what take you would, would have on that. Yeah, I As, mean, again, I don't, like I said, it's not like it's Spygate or Deflategate or any of the other gates that Tom Brady cheated to win his championship. Right, right? exactly. But, yeah. you know, they're all the same rules, so it's not any advantage or disadvantage for one particular person. Now, if something came out to where one team or even a group of players were getting special treatment, then, yeah, then we can start to talk. But until then... I don't see any reason for it. Right. And then, I mean, you got to look at it like once it starts, like how many players are going to get COVID, going to have to sit out. And then at that point, I think we could look at it from a different angle, I guess. Well, yeah. Let's, I mean, the, the, let's say the Lakers play the Clippers in the conference finals and two days before game one, half the Clippers roster gets, you know, tested right. positive and then they've got basically no squad, you know. So, yeah, then you can talk. Yeah, well, then, you know put an asterisk on that championship or whatever. But until that happens, it, it everybody's under the same set of rules. So there's really no need to even discuss that. Yep. I, I totally agree. Yep. Um, I guess, yeah, not exactly COVID related, but uh, Raja Rondo for the Lakers. Um, he's looking, he, he's going to be out six to eight weeks with a fractured, uh, fractured thumb. Yeah. And that's, so that's I mean, I don't think it's going to hurt the Lakers as much because they're still going to be – let's say they tank, you know, the the first eight games. I don't think that they can drop any further than, like, the two or three seed, right? No, so, yeah, so they would – yeah, they would have to only win three games to even get out of the first that first-place slot. And okay. that, that would be and, with – And they still have a pretty good team, even without Rondo. Right. And, of course, we know Avery Bradley opted out, and they picked up J.R. Smith, who's no slouch. Um, but he, he's got experience with LeBron. Right. And that team is still strong enough to win five out of eight games and keep their first seed. And I don't see um, the eight seed knocking them out. So I think they'll be okay. You know, it just depends on how quickly Rondo heals. Rondo's not, he ain't a guy that's going to go out and, you know, put up a bunch of points. But he is a good defender and, and a good facilitator. But LeBron has kind of taken that point guard role anyway. He right. seems like. He, he kind of shares it with Rondo, and but in clutch moments, who do you think is going to have the ball? It's going to be exactly. LeBron, right? So, but and that's one thing about Rondo too. I mean, he he goes next level when it comes playoff time. Agreed, agreed. He seems like I mean, early on he was, it seemed like he always came out hard, but the later years of his career, yeah, come playoff time, it seems like he shifts yeah. into another gear and. And again, that that experience, yeah, that's that's what LeBron needs, I think. Yeah, yeah, it, it'll definitely help. And it, I, but I just it, better now, you know, than to happen, like you said, towards the the end of the playoff run. You lose somebody like that, right? It's gonna hurt a lot more than I'd I'd rather be without one of those guys early in the season, right. As opposed to late. Yeah. So six. So looking at six to eight weeks, that would that would set them at uh, second round of the playoffs. Which, that, like I said, I don't I don't yeah. think they'll have any problem getting through round one. 
LeBron um, would have to get COVID for that to happen, I think. Right. <laughs> and I don't know who's sitting in the eight seed right now, but even without LeBron, I, I still like their chances because AD. Then it's be, just AD. Yeah. Then it's know, all AD. But we'll so, see how it goes. So I guess with that being said, if the Lakers go on to do it, that would be LeBron's fourth. So, right. So say say he gets six at that point. But he won't. But but he won't. Okay. <laughs> okay. So let's just let's let's look at it this way. If he does, so say five years down the road, do we come back and then do we want to put an asterisk on one of his titles? That's what I'm worried about happening. Uh you know it's gonna happen. You you yeah, damn well know look, it's gonna happen. All right. We've had this debate. Uh, look, yeah, numerous times. For anybody listening, he's <laughs> he's a huge LeBron guy. I'm an MJ guy. He's never going to pass Michael in my eyes for the simple fact that how many is it going to take for him to get number six? Right. You know, Michael, he didn't lose. And there's not a doubt in my mind, having lived through that entire run, and you did not. I did not. (laughs) Had Michael not left, they would have won eight in a row. There's no question. They would have beat those Rockets teams. Oh, yeah. I mean, they were still a really good team without him. So, you know. LeBron, yeah, he's had his moments in NBA Finals where he has turned it up. Oh, yeah, right. Moments. Yeah, not, I agree. Not every time. Michael, yeah. find me an NBA Finals game, let alone series, where Michael had an off game. Yeah. Even his off games, he was putting up 25, 30 points and playing stellar defense. And that, to me, is the difference is – as great as LeBron is, and when we have these arguments, I, I don't ever want to disparage what LeBron is because he is one of the best players to ever play the game. But he's never, to me, shown that he's got that killer instinct. Right, yeah. You know, I've heard that before from, from other if people. If you watched, yeah. I don't know, did you watch the... Uh, the Last Dance? The oh, last absolutely, dance. yeah. You have to at least come away with a little more respect for him because... Even the guys in that will talk about how he played harder in practice than he did in games. So oh, yeah. That, Always you know, getting on somebody's yeah, yeah, and, rear and end. He yeah. was a hard ass, and he pushed people, made them better. He got in a fist fight with Steve yeah. Kerr, <laughs> yeah. of all people. Right. And, and even Kerr says in, in that documentary that it you know it made us better. It made us stronger, and, and he respected him for it. And Michael respected Kerr for it because he stood up to him, and that's what he wanted. He right. wanted those dogs to go to yeah. war with him. And you don't see that out of LeBron. Yeah. No, granted, we're not in the locker room, but I don't ever really – I haven't heard of any players that have played with LeBron that have spoke on the fact that he was that guy that is going to get in your ass and, and yeah. make you a better right. player. And, I mean, not even just LeBron. I feel like, I mean, that's more of like a time thing. I mean, looking at the NBA now. Yeah. I mean, and I can't I, think you know, of a player that's like that now, really. I True. mean, Giannis, Giannis is not like that. I mean, that we know of. doesn't appear to be anyway. Right. Um, and it was a different time. Right. A lot of the NBA players that play today I don't think would be as great back then as they are now. Uh, perfect example, I don't think James Harden would be the, the scorer that he is because back then, I mean – a lot of those fouls that he goes to the line for, yeah, yeah, that's not they a weren't thing. fouls, right? You know, these days in the NBA, you can't even like put your hand on a hip or anything. Yeah. Go back and watch some of those old Piston games, Pistons Bulls or seventy oh, six, brutal. Charles yeah. Barkley, Bill Lane Beer. It was a much more physical game. And while these guys that are playing today are great basketball players, back then's a totally different ball game. Early LeBron wouldn't have made it. Early? Oh, before he got, yeah, he yeah. beefed up. Oh, absolutely. I totally agree. Out, Fresh out of high school, LeBron would have got his ass kicked up and down that court. No, oh, yeah. And now, you know, he is bulked up. He's big and strong. And I think today's LeBron, or even I would say the last six, eight years of LeBron, he would have been still a great player in that those times. He wouldn't have been able to flop as much as he does yeah. on some of those yeah. fouls because yeah. the end of or the referees back then would have just looked at him and laughed. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, no LeBron fan but has yeah, a leg so to stand we'll, on there. We'll save this debate for a few years down the road. <laughs> yeah, when, we, uh, we can have we'll, our own we'll see show if about LeBron that. even gets there for one. Yeah. But, um, anything else on the NBA that's of note? <sighs> NBA stuff, not really. I mean, right. not and until there we hasn't really been off. much uh, in the ways of the MLB news, um, which I guess – 
we you know we've touched on the fact that some players weren't happy with their COVID testing, and the best of my knowledge, no news is good news. Um, they are going full steam ahead with opening day coming up this Friday. So, God, doesn't yeah. that make you smile? It makes me smile. It, it does. I mean, I, I'm just happy to have it back. I mean, I make no secret that baseball is probably my, mm, I guess I would put it second favorite in the summertime at least. Cause right. I don't really watch much NBA, but I'm, I'll just be glad to have it back, and I hope that it lasts. Oh, especially in a time like this. I mean, you know, it's funny. Just for example, Chicago, the Cubs. Obviously, you're not going to be having fans in the stands, but the bleachers are. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. when I say bleach, not bleachers, rooftops. Yeah, rooftops. The yeah. rooftops, three hundred twenty-five bucks a ticket, and a lot of those places are like all inclusive. Yeah. So when you buy a bleacher seat, you get food and some drinks. Oh, yeah. I don't know if that comes with it, but they're still only going to be able to do twenty-five percent capacity. So it'll be kind of weird when yeah. you're watching it on TV and somebody hits a long fly ball, and I, I'm sure that that won't even have to happen. They'll. The cameras will show it. You're going to see those those rooftop bleachers and people spread out because they only have the 25%. But at least it's somebody, you know. I, but for that, I think I'll just go home and watch it, you know, or go, yeah. to, a, go to a bar and watch it. I or, mean, that, that's a great atmosphere. But. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, I think the NBA and the NFL are going to be watching closely on, on how they handle the situations. If somebody pops positive, how things are going to go and, and whether or not, you know, they're, they end up having to shut it down. So it'll be real interesting to see. Um, well, let's jump over to the NFL because we got a fair amount to talk about. Uh, of course, the biggest story um, that has broke this past week was the whole sexual harassment stuff, which while terrible and, and needs to change, it actually, when the rumors were coming out, what the truth ended up being a lot less damaging than what they were saying because they when they announced the name change last Monday which we knew was coming and uh, you know it's time um that there were already rumblings of look yeah they're changing the name but there's something brewing that is gonna make this story take a back seat and nobody really knew what it was as the week progressed a few things started coming out and then by Thursday afternoon even Adam Schefter was on it and reported it the rumors were that they were talking drugs and prostitution and sexual assault. And the the Redskins had hired an attorney, which didn't make things look any better. So people were really expecting the worst. And then the actual article dropped, and it was these 15 women, uh, former employees of the organization, have come out and named names, um, three of which are no longer with the organization. Uh, basically, they've been sexually harassed for the last 15 years. And Snyder has come out and he's issued an apology and said that that's, you know, there's no place in this organization and we're going to change. But it sounds like a, a fluff piece because a lot of these people that are being implicated were close, like had close personal ties with Snyder. I don't know how you could own the team and not know what the hell is going on. You know, even Cuban, Mark Cuban, the Dallas Mavericks owner, has come out and said, hey, you know, own it and, you know, make change. Right. That's that's the stance he's got to take at this point. I mean, with everything that we've heard, like you said this week, that's the only stance you can take really at this point, I believe. Yeah. And, I mean, and the, when it first came out, people were like, well, this is going to be the end for Daniel Snyder. He's going to have to, you know, be forced out. But as the story broke, like I said, it, it's not as bad as, you know, say the, the Carolina Panthers yeah. when they had their issue and their owner was forced to sell. Um, the interesting point to this story or not point, but the, the, the backstory, I guess I should say is that the, the newspaper that put this article out is the Washington post. And I touched on this over with El Donzo, which that shows out today. Um, the owner of the Washington post is Jeff Bezos who owns Amazon. Yeah. Basically. Right the richest man on the planet right now. <laughs> and he has wanted to purchase an NFL team uh, for a while now. He's been involved in some investor groups. So a lot of people were kind of saying that, hey, maybe this was a power play to get Snyder out and he can slide in and, and buy the team. But Wow. Yeah, I didn't even think about it that yeah. way. Yeah. At this point, and there's no reason, I guess I won't say no reason, because it, they are serious allegations, but I, I haven't seen any more chatter about get him out of the league because 
he hasn't been implicated yet, but I don't think we've seen the end of the story. I know there's a, a couple of women that have actually come out with um, some actual stories. We haven't really heard at all. I don't think it's over. So we'll see where it goes from here. Um, at this point, I think old Goodell is going to have Snyder on a pretty short leash, though. Oh, no, and Goodell. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, then we've got... Uh, contract news. Yeah. yeah, we got some contract news before we go into the whole COVID thing. Dak Prescott. Yep, no long-term deal for you, buddy. Um, no, and, and that's a huge... To me, that's a, a that's a big gamble on both sides. Um, I I still think Dak is probably asking for too much money, especially after what Mahomes got. But it, it, don't fool yourself though. Nobody, no nobody thinks that Dak was trying to get Mahomes money. He was trying to get paid well, right. And probably paid more than I personally think he's worth. But he wasn't asking for Patrick Mahomes money. But see, so like I said, now it's it's a gamble on both sides because. If he he's going to play under the the franchise tag, right? Correct. Yep. That uh, yeah, he signed that back on June twenty second. Yeah, that's for uh. So he'll make thirty one point four million this year. So last report I heard um that the talk was that they were in between the thirty four and the thirty six million dollar range a year. As far as what they wanted. Yeah, but Dak? both terms. Yeah. Okay. And but again, just couldn't get it done. So. Well, so and now we go to the big gamble. So let so Dak's going to play this year. Okay, there, a there's the gamble of he pulls a uh, Alex Smith. Yeah, is that who I'm thinking of? Yeah, well, yeah, Alex Smith. Where his Redskins leg her, exploded. Yep. You know, he he gets seriously injured and he's done, or he comes out and just lays an egg. Right. You know and then you're not getting a contract or for the Cowboys risk. What if he comes out and just sets the world on fire? Yeah. And then he has at least a little bit of a leg to stand on to get closer to Patrick Mahomes money when they could have had him for what would now be a bargain. Exactly. Yeah. So, and that's where they messed up. Yeah. I mean, they should have gotten this deal done last year or the year before. Really? I personally think Dak has more to lose than the Cowboys because I, I look I, like I said before on here I think Dak is a decent starting quarterback. Haven't really seen him with uh, a lot of weapons. You know, I mean Amari Cooper is a great receiver, but well, after that, who do you have? I well, mean, they got, got that Zeke st- coming out of the backfield. Um, they got that stud from what the receiver from Alabama. Yeah, he's. Oh, the one they just got, yeah, the rookie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, he's a rookie. Don't, don't you know, you never know. Happen. They right. did have the the one that that stepped up and played well, um, but still not. We haven't seen consistent production out of that. And you got a Jason Witten, who is still a, a good tight end, but you know they don't have. He doesn't have the receiving core this, that say Mahomes has with you know a, a young, healthy Travis Kelsey, Tariq Kill, all that speed. Um, so we'll see. You know, it, like I said, I think Cowboys probably will come out of this more of a winner than than Dak will. But I could be wrong. Dak could come out and set the world on fire, and and then I believe so. Yeah, and and if you look at it, yeah, the Cowboys have definitely been winning in that aspect. I mean, since they've gotten them. I mean, for example, in twenty eighteen, Dak Prescott he only made six hundred thirty thousand dollars that year. Well, I mean, Patrick Mahomes last year I think only made. He was really low last year. This year, he's only going to make two million, I think. Yeah, I think it's yeah, like two years from now is when it really just yeah. Next year is like twenty four million, and then yeah. that extension <laughs> kicks in, and and my yeah. man. Gets <laughs> yeah, paid. right. Yep. Um, but and then you got to look at it from that other aspect as well. Um, they got Mike McCarthy now running the yeah. show over there in Dallas. Um, of course, as most people know he was the head coach of the Packers with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, does he make does, is he the thing that puts Dak Prescott to the next level? That's the question. And in my eyes. It's a possibility. I mean, yeah. who made who? Made who is what the, exactly. what the question is. Did McCarthy make Rodgers or did Rodgers make McCarthy? Um, you know, and we touched on this earlier. We're going to basically find the same thing out between New England and Tampa Bay. Yep, absolutely. You know, who, yeah. who do you think has more to prove on that side, Belichick or Brady? Hmm. That is a tough one. I've done a lot of thinking on that. Um, 
honestly, I think Brady. Going into this year, I mean, with the weapons Brady's got at his disposal now, because, I mean, if you look at last year, I mean, what did all Patriots fans, I mean, Skip Bayless, for example, what was their argument? Oh, uh, well, he, he, has, he has no weapons. True. Okay. And, and he really didn't. I mean, no. Edelman, Edelman is good. But not great. He's not right. a game breaker. He yep. is. He's that safety blanket out there. But he didn't have Gronk, which he does now. But you know how how healthy can Gronk stay? Now he's had the year off, so maybe that's what he needed to get one hundred percent healthy and come back and and beat Gronk again. Because hell, he's only what 30, 31? Yeah, is how many games is Gronk going to play? Well, and that's the that's the thing. That's what I'm talking about. What he took all that time off. Maybe he's now in the best shape of his life. I don't know. Oh, because he was doing pro wrestling too. So you know he yeah, had but to he didn't in... really do anything. Like he hosted yeah. WrestleMania and he got involved in one match, but it, it it wasn't. I know he was working out in the performance center, but he was there for such a short period of time before this whole Bucks thing came. That he didn't really do much as far as the pro wrestling thing. But and... bottom line is Brady's definitely got more weapons right now. I think, honestly, I think it kind of goes both. You could make an argument for both both cases because, yes, Belichick is a great coach, one of, if not the greatest coach ever, as much as it pains me to oh, say that. Oh, gosh. However, he's also, what has he done without Tom Brady? Well, and that's the thing. They look at, If you look at the overall record, I don't know it off the top of my head, but you look at the Browns days. He did. He was... They were trending in the right direction. Yeah, they, he took him to the playoffs. Like I think it was his last yeah. year with the Browns. Yeah, they were definitely trending in the right direction. Um, then the year with New England that, that Brady uh, got knocked out, and they had Matt Castle. I think they were ten and six. Yeah, they started three and one. Yeah. Yeah, they ten and six, and but as we've all seen, Castle was not the quarterback that they thought he was because once he left, he didn't do anything. Um. But, it, I, again, Belichick's a, a great defensive coach. I don't think he's had right. as much input into the offense as they Josh. said. You know, I mean, Josh McDaniel's done a lot. Oh, yeah. Um, so, I guess we'll see. The, with Cam Newton, I think that they're in good hands. Um, I still – they still don't have much in the ways of, of weapons. Oh, no. For no, which I'm I'm surprised. I mean, they didn't they didn't do much, I mean, other than Cam Newton, which they we talked about before on a different show, got him for a steal. Yeah, um, very much. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he – Bilicek, he is 13-6. and six. That is his overall record without Brady. So 13-6. and 13-6. I mean, I think Belichick has more to prove than Brady, although I think it's close because – Brady, you can put an asterisk on his thing now because yeah. he's going to be, what, 41? No, he'll the... be 43. Oh, 43. 43, okay. yeah. Well, there you go. So let's if he comes out and shows his age, which, look, Peyton Manning was just Peyton Manning, and then all yeah. of a sudden one year he wasn't. Yeah, father time is undefeated. Yeah, it's going to happen. The, dry, the He's not immortal. The drop-off is going to happen, and – He's not going to know when it's coming. You just one day you can't play anymore. And you see that with so many quarterbacks over the years. And at 43 years old, he's not as spry. He's going to be a little more brittle, a little more sore. And we talked about it last week. His blind side protector might not play. And uh, what the hell is going to happen there? So we'll see how that goes. Now, speaking of that man not playing, um, we can now talk about the COVID issues. Uh, here the last few days, there have been a just a massive amount of tweets from NFL players that are basically calling out the NFL, saying that they're not happy with what is going on in terms of how they're going to handle this COVID thing. Oh, J.J. Watt, did you see his long tweet he put on Twitter? Yeah, about how they want to play and... and I mean, he broke just about everything down there, yeah. And like I said, there's there's a lot that they've talked about. You know, they... Uh, all these players have tweeted out that the NFL is ignoring the doctor's um, suggestions and that if they continue to ignore these suggestions that players won't play. 
Right. So something has to give. Like they had this big meeting, and the NFL came out and said that, oh, it was you know, it was a great meeting, this, that, and the other. But as we're seeing now, the NFL players aren't happy with what they're talking about. Um, we had, I mean, these are high-profile names. We oh got, yeah. You know, Drew Brees. Todd Gurley, Miles Garrett, who just signed that big contract, um, yep. Jarvis Landry, basically saying it's, it, I'll just read you one of them right here from Drew Brees. He says, we need football, we need sports, we need hope. The NFL's unwillingness to follow the recommendations of their own medical experts will prevent that. If the NFL doesn't do their part to keep players safe, there will be no football in 2020. So Deep. somebody has to shit or get off the pot here. Right. Because it, newsflash, if you don't have players, yeah. <laughs> you don't have an NFL. Nope. And they revealed their plan, and it's still you know kind of murky on how they're going to handle the testing and what happens if somebody does test positive. Um, how are they going to handle training camp and uh, preseason? Because I think rookies and first uh, rookies and second year players, or whatever, are supposed to report Monday because they actually open the season on Thursday night. And then the rest of the league will report on the 28th. But ain't nobody reporting if they don't come to agreement. The NFL, the, the players want to know what's going to happen if they get sick. Will they get paid? Because there's um, the non-injury football list. And if you're, and basically they're saying that that's the list that these players are going to go on. And there's language in the CBA that says that teams have the right to not pay those players that are on that list so if they catch it as a result of playing whether it be playing against somebody or in practice or whatever that sounds like that's a football oh absolutely football injury to me um they're also they want opt-out clauses because there are gonna be players that don't play like we already talked about the the bucks left tackle um Demarcus Lawrence from the Cowboys, he doesn't really feel like he wants to play because his wife is expecting, you know, th- these are all issues that need to be addressed and they need to be addressed quickly or, or we're going to have a walkout before the, even camp starts. And I can't believe they haven't, like, I mean, I guess I don't know how much they've been digging into this since the whole COVID thing started, but, I mean, we're running out of time here. So what's oh, happening? yeah, I mean, eight days. <laughs> yeah. Eight days, the, like, exact, not eight, nine days. Yeah. Uh, basically, a week from tomorrow is when training camps are supposed to open up. And as of right now, they don't have, to me, some of the most important aspects of, of how this is going to all work out. Um, if they, they don't know what they're going to get paid if the season does get shut down, um, what's going to happen to these teams uh, in Arizona and, and Texas and New York that – if it goes bad and they go back to phase one, which is like lockdown, yeah. no no gatherings of more than 10 people, how is that going to apply to those NFL teams? Because obviously it takes more than 10 people. Right. So what are they going to do with those teams? And these are all issues that they literally the clock is ticking, time is running out. They need to figure out what the hell they're going to do about it. I mean, yeah, they're losing out on – millions if not billions of dollars just in the stadium and tickets and all this but there's still all the tv revenue and the ad revenue they're still going to make a fair amount of money are they going to probably go red this year more than likely yeah but i I think the nfl is strong enough that one bad year isn't going to sink them like this isn't the xfl where it's their first year (laughs) and they go red and they're, they're belly up the NFL is still the NFL, and, and you know they've got money to spare. One bad season isn't going to kill them. Yeah, I just feel yeah. There's just so many different variables that go into that. I mean, like earlier we were talking about Dak Prescott. I mean, and the whole franchise tag thing. What do you do in that aspect? I mean, does he get that thirty-one point four million dollars? Does he get part of it if they shut down? Like, well, I think something like that. If they get shut down mid-season, they're going to have to prorate it. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's the only option you got. He's he, if you play, you're going to get a per game type salary. But again, these guys that have guaranteed money and all of a sudden can't play, how are they going to do that? Then you're going to have the union getting involved with grievances. So they need to sit down and hammer all these details out because you've got some high profile names threatening to not play if, if they don't listen to the, the medical di- advice and 
make sure that these guys are compensated if something were to go wrong. Oh, and if some names like you just read off decide to opt out, you know that's just going to be a, a domino effect. Oh, I yeah. Mean, yeah, you know, like that's when the guy, I don't remember his name now, but the, the left tackle for the Bucks. I said when I read that story, yeah. like that's the first domino to fall. If, if this guy's going to opt out, obviously there's going to be guys that – out there that you know that aren't going to play like you know, even jj watt when they come out with the the whole face shield where it goes all the way from down past your mouth he said yeah. that he wouldn't play if, if they had to wear those i yeah i kind of disagree with that because you know come on yeah you're, i agree you're making millions of dollars you know what's it gonna hurt to have a full face shield you know for for one season I, I wore a face shield. It's not really, yeah. of course, it wasn't all the way over my mouth, but, you know, we had to, in high school, we we had to wear mouthpieces. Yeah. And I'm telling you, it's not very easy to breathe no, in a mouthpiece sure either. No. Um, and, and you're still getting plenty of air because it's not like they're putting on a friggin' astronaut helmet to where it seals you in. You're still getting a lot of airflow up underneath there. It's just not going to be what you're used to. I mean, yeah, I guess not as much nowadays, but I mean, there was an era where, I mean, the visors were a big thing. Yeah. I mean, you saw like a lot of quarterbacks, receivers wearing visors. Yeah, And some of them still do. I mean, it's it's still big and basically, and that's basically what they're going to be wearing now, but it's just going to extend all the way to the bottom of the face mask, but not, you know, it's not going to go and cut off, you know, the airflow. You're still going to get plenty of air. I mean, it's kind of like, a motorcycle it's actually less than a motorcycle helmet because a motorcycle helmet does extend down well past your chin and it's thick and it's got all the padding so it's it gets less airflow than the the NFL helmet mask that they were uh, basically proposing might be a, something that they mandate but until you know that's neither here nor there if they don't get a hold of what they're going to do testing wise we're not going to have anything else to talk about when it comes to that yeah, I tell you what, here in these next few weeks, um, as far as our podcast go, we're going to have a lot to talk about. Baseball yeah. firing back up, all this stuff. Yeah, I'm really excited. Yeah. Uh, we got some big things coming as well. Um, we'll get into that here in a little bit. But uh, I'm going to shift gears for uh, talk about ESPN Radio and, and what is going on over there. Um, before I do that, though, I'm going to take a quick break, and we'll come back, and we're going to talk about Golok. And Wingo, Mike and Mike, and that whole drama going on. We'll be back. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash Ds. You can find all the Eldonzo Ds shows there, as well as our episodes of Hanging with Ds. We update it uh, almost daily, so come on, drop us a comment, a like, share it, and uh, tell us what you think of the show. Thanks for listening, and we'll get right back to Hanging with Ds. All right, and we are back, hanging with D's. Got Hunter here with me. Um, we're going to talk now about what has been going on and the announcements that have been made with uh, ESPN Radio. And I, I don't know about you, but I have spent a considerable amount of time um, in my mornings getting ready for work, listening to uh, Mike and Mike, and then subsequently Golik and Wingo. Were you a fan? Oh, absolutely. I mean, even dating back all the way to high school, like getting ready for school. I mean, that was my go-to. That's who right. I listened to. Like I would, you know, I get up fairly early for work, and that's the first thing I turn on is ESPN2 to watch Mike and Mike and now Golik and Wingo. And, of course, uh, and we still don't really have any details. And I don't uh, – somewhere down the road, I think there might be a book or we'll hear what happened that broke up Mike and Mike. Um, it was no secret, though, that they're towards the end of their run. While they were great on the air together and played off of each other so well, and, and rightfully so after being together for 15 years, uh, actually, I think maybe even more than 15 by the time it ended, but they were they were not friends off the air. Whatever happened there, they it went bad. So when Greenberg left, he left ESPN Radio completely, and went to the TV show, which is Get Up. Um, and I don't typically watch that because, A, I'm, I'm usually at work. But even when I'm not, I would still be watching Golik and Wingo because um, Greenberg was great, but I liked hearing Golik just because Golik 
he was funny. He was entertaining. He had actually played sports, uh, been around, and his whole family had been involved in sports. Greenberg wasn't really, I mean, look at him. He wasn't an athlete. Yeah, uh, definitely not. Yeah. So fast forward now, you know, Golik and Wingo, still an entertaining show. I like Trey Wingo. Um, he doesn't quite carry that role the way that Greenberg did. But anyway, they've now come out and said that as of July 31st, which is here in less than two weeks, the they are ending that show and uh, bringing in Keyshawn Johnson and um, NBA analyst Jay Williams and Zubin Mahenti Mahanti. I don't even know. I don't even want to try it. Don't. He's a he's a Sports Center um, anchor and and he you know he's fine but to me it seems kind of like a little bit of pandering to the you know the the race crowd because um, you're bringing in a couple black guys and a guy of of some kind of either Indian or Arab descent and you're shuffling uh, Golik off to do college football anal- analysis. And you're, they are bringing Greenberg back, but they're bringing him back in an afternoon slot. He's still going to have his uh, his get up TV show, and it's just it's kind of sad because, like I said, I you know I can't say I grew up with, but spent a considerable amount of time over the last 15, 20 years turning on Mike and Mike, and and then of course Golik and Wingo after that. Um, part of the problem I thought was when they brought in Mike Golik Jr who is kind of goofy, funny, entertaining, but they thought it was nepotism, that the only reason he got the job was because of his dad, and that may very well be, but they did have a good you know, working rapport on the air. Um, I guess the bottom line is, is I don't see the new show that they're going to be coming out with, both on the radio and it'll be on TV, just like Golik and Wingo are now. I don't see that being as entertaining. Yeah, that's where I'm at with it. Um like I said, I mean, of course, watching uh, all these guys on ESPN, I mean, and I'd hate to be like that without hearing it first, but I don't know. I think we, yeah, we spoke on a little bit. That's just, I don't know. I think about waking up and like listening to sports and getting that news. I don't know. I don't think the flair is going to be there, I guess is a good way of putting it. Yeah. I, I, I don't doubt the knowledge that they're going to bring the, I just, but the entertainment aspect of it between both, um, Golick and Wingo and then Keyshawn and Jay Williams just don't strike me as, as people that are going to be on there and interject some comedy. And um, I honestly, I think it's, it's a, a reverse race card. Like they're, they're doing that just to pander to, you know, the African-American community and that's fine. I mean, the, I don't want to take anything away from those guys abilities because they've both been on TV for a very long time and, and they're good at what they do. I'm just not 100% convinced that they can carry a what four hour, five hour, whatever it is, morning show every day. You know, that's I, just my opinion. No, I totally agree with you. Yeah, but I we'll just have to wait and see, I guess. Yeah, and it, well, we'll we'll see fairly soon because I believe it's July 31st. I do know that at some point the Golics presented that they would go back, you know, to the Mike and Mike and, and reunite with Greenberg. But the one thing that kind of is disturbing is that throughout all of this, when with Golik's end coming, Greenberg has been completely silent. Like I don't see it happening. No, I, I, I think it's already out, but just the fact that like you had all of these guys that were on Twitter, basically when they made the announcement, they were showing Mike Golik love, you know, congratulating him on a great run and he'll be missed. And, and, but Mike Greenberg was not one of those guys. So whatever it was that happened that basically severed that relationship, it, it must have been pretty severe because there's no, you know, no love shown on, on either side. And I just thought that was kind of sad. That'll make for a good uh, ESPN 30 for 30 here. A few right. years down the road, I'm you, thinking. Oh, yeah, something will come out, whether it's a book or uh, a documentary, like you said, that what happened because, the, hell, they did the documentary on the – Mike and Mad Dog, yeah, and, yep. and they weren't even part of the ESPN family. Um, so uh, who knows? We might see it because that that's a long time to be on the air for it to just abruptly end the way it did, and then now we've got them basically just tossing Mike Golick to the college football analyst role. So I'm sure he'll still be on TV 
Which is typically, I mean, in an analysis role, it's like that's that's your startup. Right. Yeah, that's where you come in and make your you know make your name known is by being the the analyst, and then I mean that's how Golick got to where he got. He was brought in as basically an NFL analyst, and he was so good that they they paired him up with Mike Greenberg, and that show went on for as long as it did, and now he's like going full circle and. Uh, Mike Golick Jr. is going to an evening show, which if you have any knowledge of radio, if you're going to an evening show, it's because they don't expect anything from you. Like that's where that's where people go to die. And it's just I don't know the whole state of radio, which I'm not going to get too much into this because I I can go on for a long time. Radio in general uh, has taken a a big dive um, with with the personalities um, Howard Stern was kind of a broadcasting hero of mine, and it's to the point where I can listen. Um, again, I don't want to get into it now. I can make a whole show of it, and, and we probably will. Um, did you have anything else before we, we get into uh, I mean, just to touch on the whole Golic thing uh, a little bit more there. I mean, if I'm Golic in that situation, I'm almost like, no, I'm good. No, you can keep the whole college football thing. I Do your own thing. I mean – you've built your brand. I mean, like you said, you've been doing it for how long? If I'm him, I just, I go do my own thing, you know? Right. I mean, why not? At, at this point, ESPN is kind of getting the reputation of uh, falling off anyway. Uh, I know a lot of people have made the switch to Fox. Um, they do have some big names over there, you know, even though one of them I absolutely can't stand. That's Which one's that? Skip Bayless. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, it, it, oh, being coming from a LeBron fan. Yeah, he's not. Oh, and he's you know, Tom Brady. He loves yeah, him. Tom oh, Brady, man. Tim Tebow and yeah. Dak Prescott. And he's all over the Cowboys and Patriots. I, I just got so sick of hearing that. And Stephen A used to kind of be the, the yin to his yang. But now Stephen A, without having him, has gotten kind of annoying. Yeah, but Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp, they're good together. Are they? Yeah. Did you ever watch Undisputed at all? No, I don't. Oh, man, my I do. disdain for Skip Bayless. Well, and that's that's was my first approach with that. I'm like, no, I hate Skip Bayless. I'm not going to watch it. But Shannon Sharp, he doesn't. Yeah, I mean, he lets him have it. Yeah, but Sharp's hard to listen to, too, because just the way he talks. Like yeah. It's, <laughs> He's yeah, got that that's true. huge mouth. Yeah. <laughs> I almost need a translator when we're talking to he when he's talking, I should say. All right. Well, uh, I think now it is time for the debut of a little segment that I'm gonna have. It's not gonna be every week, but I'm gonna do it on a semi regular basis. So we'll get right into it. Here's the intro. And now it's time for true stories of a strip club DJ. With chicks and guns and fire trucks and hookers and drugs and booze. Yeah, yeah. Ah! All the things that make life worth living for. Ah! All right. That's right, folks. Uh, For those of you that don't know or know me very well, I did spend a considerable amount of time in the strip club industry uh, as a DJ. Also did some security and, and things of that nature. And I've basically just been around it for a long time. Uh, have experienced <laughs> quite a few interesting moments. And that's what this segment is going to be about. Um, I used to have a Facebook page for it. And uh, basically it was one day I was bored and bitter. And uh, yeah, just started kind of jotting down the, the memories I had. And I'm going to tell those stories, uh, expand on them. Uh, also got some other stuff that... While it may not necessarily have happened in the club, uh, it definitely happened um, while I was in that mindset. And I'll just go ahead and jump right. It's a different world. Um, a lot of people would always come up to me and, you know, wow, you got the greatest job in the world, man. And you were one of them. I mean, yeah, I was. For Hell, you lived here for a lot of those times where I would stumble in at <laughs> six in the morning. Oh, do I remember? Yeah. I'm glad you do. Cause a lot of them I don't. Um, but yeah, there, there's definitely a stigma there, but for the people that would say, wow, you've got this great job. Uh, imagine, how can I put this? Imagine babysitting your like 10 to 15 sisters who are 
some of them have anger problems. Some of them have drinking problems. Some of them have drug problems. Some of them are prostitute. I mean, there it's kind of like being there's a meme that, that shows a cowboy trying to wrangle cats, and it's <laughs> that's the way it is. Like you get all of the drama, and, and don't get me wrong, there are perks. You know, oh, and, I, as, I'm sure there are. Yeah, yeah, there there were definitely perks to the job, but you also see some shit that you can't unsee. And, you know, as the DJ, I would sometimes have to go and chase these girls down and get them on stage or tell them they had a VIP, whatever. And sometimes those little excursions would lead me to the dressing room. And the last thing that you want to walk into is... You know, you walk in the dressing room and there's one of the girls with her leg hiked up on the locker. I mean, just as damn near as high as she could get it, uh, like inserting a tampon or I mean, just. Oh, man. Yeah. It's like I said, while again, plenty of perks, but there are also plenty of pitfalls as well. And sometimes girls were just impossible to get along with. And I had kind of a reputation of, of being an asshole. Still do. But I was only an asshole to the girls that didn't play nice, so to speak. As a DJ, you know, yeah, you make an hourly wage, but your real money comes from the tips. And the girls that had been in the business long enough knew that, look, you take care of the guy that plays your music and and he'll take care of you. Because as a DJ, we're the guys that, you know, we bring the stage lineups. We, you know, trying to keep the crowd hype and we can help you make money if, if you're a dancer right absolutely yeah i mean and we can also hurt your chances of making money because uh, i'll give you a perfect example there was a girl who never tipped i mean never and so i would never play the music that she wanted why would you <laughs> exactly you know we weren't mandated um to play any specific you know format it was whatever you think the crowd wants and and that's basically what i would do so these girls that didn't take care of me i would basically just play what i wanted to hear right you scratch my back i scratch yours exactly and so there's like i said this one particular girl who uh, again i'm not going to name names in this but she was uh very tall uh at one point i believe she worked there all the way up till she was like seven months pregnant and she wasn't thin by any means. She wasn't, you know, morbidly obese or anything. But she was a a larger girl, um, very uh, into hip hop and and rap, and that's what she wanted to dance to. And the other DJs would usually play it just so that you know, whatever. But not me. No, <laughs> of course not. Why would you? <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, but you don't tip me. Guess what? You want to hear, you know, Jay Z and Beyonce? Here's Metallica. <laughs> or, or here's Hank Jr. Yeah. And I mean, at one point she even asked me, "How come you play this for her and not for me?" I'm like, "Cause she tips me. She takes care of me. I'm not asking to break the bank. I know what you make. You know what I mean? Don't bullshit me." And that was the other thing. Is going, "Oh, I only made, yeah, I only made thirty dollars." Bitch, I watched yeah. you go back there. <laughs> 13 times and I know how much a lap dance costs so don't tell me that you can't tip me you know and I didn't want 50 bucks you know throw me a five at least show me effort if anything yeah it's yeah. the thought that matters in that situation so yeah that I, I got that reputation I didn't really take much shit you know it, but the girls that took care of me if they come up said hey I need you know I need to take a stage off because I'm trying to sell a dance or you know, I need a bump or, you know, <laughs> and, and, and hey, full disclosure. Yes, I, I when I was in the industry, I was in it. I mean, uh, so, yeah, with that intro where you're talking about, you know, drugs and yep, uh, that was me. I was that guy. And so and I'm sure I'll get into more of that later. But the first little snippet story I'm going to tell is and if there's this ever gets out to any of the girls that used to work with me, you're going to know exactly who I'm talking about. Sweatshorts guy, and and Dylan, if you're listening to this, this one's for you because I know this is one of your favorites. So every Saturday, I would work the day shift <clears throat> at this particular strip club, and the day shift consisted of basically eleven o'clock in the morning until uh, eight o'clock at night. On Saturdays, 
the uh, for day shift for the first we had promos every hour on the half hour, which was fucking stupid. And I can again, I'll get into that at a later date as well. Uh, but a promo basically is when they try to sell a T-shirt or a hat or something like that. Well, on Saturdays, it was all day up until I think six o'clock p.m. Every single promo was two for twenty-five, which means you get two lap dances for twenty-five bucks instead of twenty-five bucks each. So that's when you get your your real savory characters. <laughs> I can imagine w- would show up to want to take advantage of that. And this guy, just all in all, a creepy looking dude. But every Saturday, he would come in. And I would see him on other days as well. But every Saturday, like clockwork, he would be there between 11 and 12. Because the first promo would happen at 1230. So typically, he would show up about 1145 to 12. And he would sit there and, and basically i think he was just taking in the talent you know yeah, seeing, doing some scouting yeah doing a little scouting report seeing what he wanted to do and he would be wearing sweat shorts and i'm not talking like the thick cozy you know 100 percent cotton like you know just make you feel all warm and fuzzy type of sweat shorts no i'm talking about those walmart paper thin you can, I mean, make out every little detail sweatshorts. And I don't care if it was July 20th or February 20th when it was, I shit you not, because it happened every week. He would walk in, it would be minus four outside. He'd walk in with a big, heavy, puffy coat and sweatshorts, socks up to damn near his knees, He'd walk in, and he always sat near the back of the stage, which was, lucky for me, really close to the DJ booth, so I could always see him quite clearly. So again, he would walk in wearing these sweatshorts, sit down, and wait for that golden announcement of the two for 25, and he'd pick a girl out. They'd go back and and have their little two songs, which, let me just tell you right now, a big secret when they say it's two for something it's a ripoff because the djs are told to shorten the songs okay instead of getting a you know two like four and a half five minute songs you would usually get like two two and a half minute songs at best unless it was me and i was outside smoking or doing something i shouldn't have been which that happened on many occasions too so anyway he would wait and and pick his girl and usually his girls were usually the same because the girls that I don't know, had some self-esteem and would try their best to avoid him because they knew what he was there for. But anyway, he would pick out his girl, go back, do his dances, and the dances would be over and I'd be calling the girls back to the dressing room and here he would come. And he's always, if it was was summertime, no jacket required, and he'd come out, his T-shirt would be pulled way down. (laughs) And if it was wintertime, he would put the coat on in the, the back where the, the couch dances take place, he would put it on there and he'd have it all zipped up. And again, this coat would obviously hang down past crotch because he would like basically go back there, have him rub on what pathetic member he had behind that paper thin <laughs> cotton sweatshorts until he, you know, busted a nut. And then he would immediately make a beeline for, for the door. And you wouldn't see him again until the next Saturday. So the, there you go. That's sweatshirt. That's that's the kind of scumbag that that these girls have to put up with every now and then. There are some good customers, but uh, yeah. And that guy is is just the tip of the iceberg on some customer stories that I have for you. Um, we're gonna get into some pretty twisted shit before this is all said and done. But oh, like you said, I think you could probably make a whole show on probably just that alone. I mean, how many yeah. years did you oh, do that yeah. for? Uh, I was in and around. About five. Yeah. But again, I had, uh, I was in a relationship when she worked in a club. So I was around that. And then even I haven't been in one as, as far as working for 10 years. Oh, well, no, I guess not 10 years. 2000. Been pretty close. 12. So yeah, eight, eight years since I've worked in one. But because of my history there, I'm still, still very good friends with uh, a lot of people that are in the industry. 
Um, and so I still, I'm there a lot. So I still hear some good stories from, from some of these people and I'll share some of those too. Again, I won't say any names. Uh, if you're listening to this and you hear a story that might involve you, well, uh, I'll sorry about you. Yeah. Sorry about you, but I will protect your name at least. Um, but yeah, there's, there's been some pretty fun and funny stuff that has gone on. And speaking of, uh, strip clubs and stuff, your very own D's here. This Friday is going to be a judge in the Miss Nude United States pageant. When the hell were you going to tell me that? I thought I did tell you this. You, no. no oh, you no, didn't. I told Blake. I told Blake. Yes. So anyway, uh, I've become friends with um, the very lovely Bambi Wild, who is the current Miss Nude Universe, and she is one of the uh, owners of the new club called Lux Showgirls uh, in Peoria. And so, obviously, she's been uh, a touring entertainer for several years and has been in these pageants. And again, as of last year, she's the current reigning Miss Nude Universe. So she's got a little poll. Anyway, she's got this pageant that she's going to have at her club, which is great because the club that she she took over doesn't have the greatest reputation. Well, yeah, because they just changed the name of that place not that long ago, right? Just before COVID is when, when they took it over. Um, and the place is just gorgeous inside. I, I got a chance to take a little tour before it officially opened and she's doing great things there. And that place is, it's going to be, or is a very nice place. And I think it's going to turn the reputation around. Um, I, I don't think she's got anything but great ideas for it. But anyway, yeah, I, I plan on having a full report on how that pageant goes. So I must ask. Do you get paid to do this or no? I but that's why, fine. Yeah, yeah that, that's that. why I asked. You know? Yep. Yeah, no, it's 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 unpaid gig, <laughs> yeah. but I think it'll be I'll really, be there. He says that's, that's one of those perks of you know knowing people in and around the industry. So should be a really good time, and uh, hopefully that will lead to some more content with with Miss Bambi because uh, yeah, she's she's not too shabby to look at and and just a total sweetheart as well. Um, but yeah, if anybody out there in the Peoria area, if you haven't been to Lux Showgirls, check it out because it is a badass club. And I still have love for my other club over there that I go to. Um, but chances are, if I'm at a club, it's going to be one of those two. So there's that. Um, that was True Stories of a Strip Club DJ. Like I said, they are going to get much, much better, much uh worse so to speak um like i said there's some pretty foul shit that that i have in the old memory here so i figure i better get it out there and recorded while my memory is still there um that's gonna wrap it up for me hunter did you have anything else no buddy i think that's about it all right well that is gonna be it for episode number five Uh, i believe i'm gonna have dylan out uh, maybe later this week not sure what we're gonna do as far as content, but we'll definitely come up with something. Might even throw uh, another episode of the old strip club DJ stories out there. But, uh, yeah, that's going to wrap it up for this week. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, oh, real quick, before I go. Um, like I said, Eldonzo and D's, we just released uh, another episode this morning. Uh, this morning being Sunday the 19th. Um, LD, or, yeah, Eldonzo actually has an interview I spoke of with Roger Ward, who if you were a fan of the movie Mad Max... He was Captain Fifi. That movie's well before your wow. time. Yeah. Um, but anyway, he, Roger Ward, he's 84 years old, and uh, he's from Australia, and he did a phone interview with him, and it's just spectacular. Can't wait for him. He's going to be putting that out hopefully this week. Um, but like I said, the Aldonzo D show, uh, new and dropped, and we're one download away from 500, so that's nice. If you listen to this show or even Eldonzo D's, I would – appreciate it if you would go to Eldonzo D's, the Eldonzo D's page on Facebook, which is facebook.com slash Eldonzo D's, and drop a comment um, because the more interactions we get, the more the page will get out there. And one last announcement. I already kind of touched on this. Um, Hunter and I, uh, we're going to continue to do this show to kind of cover the broad scope of sports and entertainment. But very, very soon... Probably within the next week or two, we're going to be launching the Everything Steelers podcast, which um, is tied to Hunter has a 
uh, 10,000 follower page on Instagram, and we now have a Everything Steelers on Facebook, and we hope to filter some of those people over. Um, big shout out if the guys end up listening to this to the, the group Stiller Gang, um, also on Facebook and Instagram. They have a podcast. They have like almost 50,000 followers, so they're, they're pretty big time. They plan to have both Hunter and myself on their show, hopefully within the next week as kind of an introduction and we're going to talk about what we're doing with that on the Steelers side. Um, so we'll, we'll probably still talk a little bit about the Steelers on this show, but we're going to save most of our Steeler content for that uh, simply because that is obviously our tar- target audience. So uh, hopefully we can get everybody tied together and get some people pointed in the right directions, whether you want just regular sports and entertainment, you can come here. If you want to get on the political side, uh, you can check out Aldonzo and D's. And then, of course, we got our Steelers stuff coming up as well. So that's going to wrap it up. We will see you guys next time on Hanging with D's. Hunter. See ya. Mm-hmm.